Empire. Neil back to Hachimura. Um, first off, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. It was more just shocking to hear from him and understanding that he gets the most assists from me and the most spoon-fed baskets ever. You know, the culture is actually damn good. To sit up there and to say you don't have a culture problem in the nation's capital, everything about the organization points to a culture issue. One guy took his in another guy's shoe. I'm a little pissed off about it, but I know how I am. I was kind of expecting it. It's disrespectful. It was like Eric Killmonger going for total domination. What's up, guys? We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year! We're the Stanley Cup champions! Thank you for joining us. We are the Beltway Sports Bros. I'm Matt Vizana, as always, my brother Noel. Real quick, we want to thank Hico Sticks for sponsoring the show. It's spelled H E C O S T I X. Go to HicoSticks.com to see all of the videos and testimonials on the product. When you get there, use our promo code BeltwayBros at checkout to receive 10% off your entire order. Again, that promo code is BeltwayBros. Hey, Noel, it's a victory Monday. <laughs> it is! <laughs> Holy shit, man. My God. <laughs> you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Wow. You know. I'm beside myself. You know, that game is like a microcosm of my life recently. I swear to God, just an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Somehow you come out of it. There's no explanation why, but it just works itself out. Keep I, I don't know. Keep trudging through, man. You got to keep trudging through. And and I'll tell you, they did. They trudged. They got through some shit and came out. It was like Shawshank Redemption, man. <laughs> Went into a tunnel of shit and came out clean on the other side. <laughs> oh, my God. It was <laughs> such an enjoyable win. Yeah, it, just it really, really was. But I was so exhausted afterwards. Anyway, we'll get into more of it, but um, let me get through this real quick. Okay? okay, go ahead. All right. Please follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook group. Just search Beltway Sports Bros. And you can also find us at BeltwaySportsBros.com. Hey, and check out a few articles there that I've written recently. Still trying to get Noel to do it, but, you know, we'll see what he does with that. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're, the way you're writing over there, I might sound like I'm a freaking bumbling idiot at this point. <laughs> Not that I don't already, but whatever. Oh, come on. Don't be so hard on yourself. just trying to give you know? a little bit of props there. Really, well, it's thank good you. shit, man. I really appreciate that. You know, it's uh, really put some effort into it, and I hope that people actually want to read it. That's, that's the goal, you know? <laughs> One last thing. If you're listening to this show right now, and you are, please subscribe or follow so you don't miss a single episode going forward. All right. So football's finally back. I figured let's just talk about the fucking game, you know? Yeah. Why are we going to waste our time with anything else? So, as I mentioned, a victory Monday. Insane game that was the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. If you didn't see the game, shame on you. But here's a quick recap. So, Washington started the game and looked like we thought they would all offseason. Going down by 17 by the middle of the first quarter. Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz played lights out for the first quarter and a half with touchdown passes to his tight end, Zach Ertz and Dallas Godert. The game looked like it was more than over. Then something magical happened. Wentz was picked off by Fabian Moreau with about two minutes left in the second quarter. What a great pick, man. Oh, I mean, just nabbed that, fought for it. Such a huge play. Yeah. To me, the biggest play of the game. Yeah, it definitely turned things around. But that led to a touchdown from Dwayne Haskins to tight end Logan Thomas, of all people. I mean, I think you could have caught that, but, you know. But anyway, uh, after... (laughs) After two three-and-outs by both teams to start the third, Wentz threw another interception, this time to Jimmy Moreland, and he returned to the Eagles' 20-yard line. Again, this led to another Washington touchdown, 
and a one-yard run from Peyton Barber, another guy that I've trashed all offseason. <laughs> <laughs> we should probably just shut this thing down. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, Washington's defense took over from there and just suffocating Wentz and the Eagles' offense. The biggest decision of the game, though, when it was tied 17-17, Ron Rivera decided to go for it deep in Eagles territory on fourth down and was able to get the first down. After that, Barber took another one in the end zone to make it 24-17. Really, the icy game, Chase Young had that strip sack on Wentz, and Ryan Kerrigan picked up the fumble, and Dustin Hopkins hit that 40-yard field goal, and that was pretty much a wrap. Sad to say... But Noel and I are getting old, and we've been looking for ways to sharpen our hand-eye coordination reaction speed. But I also like to throw something around outside with our kids once in a while. Then we found this product, Hico Sticks. Hico Sticks has three prongs, three colors, throw it, call the color, and catch the color. Simple, right? It's way harder than it looks, and there are so many ways to increase the difficulty that challenges even the best athletes. For example, Odell Beckham, Alvin Kamara, Joe Burrow, just to name a few. They use it to take their training to the next level. So Hico Sticks is the winner of the Men's Health Award. Even though it's already being used across all major pro sports and college programs, doesn't mean it's just for the elite. It also has the national standard for K-12 physical education curriculum. With so many shutdowns and gyms closing, Hico Sticks is the perfect tool to add to your home workout. Or you can just make it a fun competition with your family, you know, while you're sitting at home. You can go to HicoSticks.com for more details. When you order, don't forget to use our promo code, BeltwayBros, and get 10% off your entire order. Catch Hico Sticks today. You know, Noel, I was thinking from your perspective, because we, we were texting and everything during the game, but what, what was going through your mind when Washington was getting the shit kicked out of him? Same old, same <laughs> old. Yeah. Same old, same old. And it was the same things, the same oh. issues. Can't get off the field on third and longs. I mean, they third gave and 20? up third and 22, oh, I think it God. was. Oh. It was freaking two third and eights, giving up big plays. Angles are bad. Landon Collins in the first half, besides Haskins, was the <laughs> worst player on the field. And I watched it back again to make sure that I wasn't nuts. He couldn't do anything. He couldn't take angles. He wasn't covering anyone. He wasn't getting into the backfield. He was non-existent. He was a detriment on the field in the first half. And um, that was a really bad sign when you have what's considered to be one of your better secondary players or th- supposed to be the best secondary player playing like – getting paid like it. Yeah. It was just a bad look, man. Offensively, completely inept. Um, they looked gimmicky at the beginning instead of just getting up to the line and throwing the ball around and, and trying to pound it a little bit. Looked completely out of whack. It looked like they hadn't played in a competitive football game, which they hadn't. Yeah, they just looked completely unprepared in yeah. every way. They looked like the second half of the first Eagles game in week one. Right. Um, and the irony is they were they were up 17 nothing. And the same thing happened to the Eagles this this time, which was crazy, but a little poetic justice there, I guess. But yeah, you're right. It looked exactly the same. They were getting wide open tight ends in the middle of the field. They were doing well on first and second down, just like last year, rushing Wentz, getting to the quarterback, and then can't get off the field. Right. Same old shit. And it just was painful to watch. It's like, there's no way with this coaching staff, this can continue to happen. But it was. That first quarter and a half felt like an eternity. And it was just a slow death. Yeah, it was a slow poison. But in Washington's defense and looking, reflecting back during the heat of the battle when we were texting and saying, this team is dog shit. I can't believe this is happening already. We talked about the excitement 
in the previous episode about when is the excitement going to wear off? And I said probably about halfway through the third quarter. Well, it was about halfway <laughs> through the first quarter in this game yeah. where I was like, I'm done, man. I'm freaking done. But looking back and reflecting on it, I genuinely believe that it was the Eagles' familiarity. I mean, they had the same coaching staff. They basically have the same personnel. Everything was the same. And Washington came out brand new bodies, brand new offense, brand new coaches, brand new everything. And I think the first half, and in other games that I had watched, the same thing was happening. Hell, even the Bucks, you know, which they have a bunch of veterans on that team, they looked completely inept. It's not like New Orleans' defense is that good. They just were not clicking. Receivers in wrong spots, just like Washington was. Um, Haskins sailing balls. Guys not being in the right spots. Protection issues. It was a very preseason-ish half. This was just more surprising to me because the offense still did not play well. But the defense put this team on their back. And to me, I don't know if that's a recipe for a winning season. Uh, I don't think in today's NFL that's something that's... It's better um, than nothing, though. No, no, I it mean, is. I mean, yeah. it, it, when you get eight sacks in a game, I mean, regardless of how many injuries you have, which they had a lot on the Eagles offensive line and, yeah, and all over the field. And we talked about this in the last episode, and I wrote about this in my column, but <laughs> 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 they took advantage of a team's weakness. Absolutely. For the first time in years. When was the last time we've actually seen that? I can't um, even remember. I can't recall at all. I can't. Even if teams were down to like their fourth string corner. They couldn't do anything against him. The guy looked like he was a world beater. Right. No, I cannot recall an instance in which they took advantage of and and put their foot down on a vulnerable team's throat. Yeah. It just has not happened in, in recent history. That's for sure. I mean, they smelled blood in the water, and it was basically, let's meet at the fucking quarterback. And in the first half, I will say, though. Oh, they were getting there. I will say that they were getting there. I don't think they were definitely weren't playing as aggressively as they were in the second half. I think that they saw a little bit of ineptitude in the secondary at times. Mm -hmm. And I felt like we need to get to this guy more. I mean, I saw in the first half, Sweat was going into coverage a few times. In the second half, it was just down. It was like Chase Young, Chase Young was going. Yeah, yeah, he did. And what I'm saying is, is that the only time they were rotating was Kerrigan in, Sweat out, Kerrigan in, Young out, and they were just rotating these guys down. and just going down. <laughs> it was like playing Madden, man. I know. They were just going down. You, you pick a defensive end and you just go down. The way that they were bringing guys in and out, it seemed like they were going, in the first half, they were kind of switching between plays. And then in, in the second half, it seemed like that they, and I could be completely wrong about this, but it seemed to me that they were giving the defensive line drives versus, yes. then you, you saw Settle, Kerrigan in, in that group. And then the next one, Jonathan Allen and, and Chase Young and Sweat, and they weren't getting tired, you know? Oh yeah, and, and absolutely. And they were letting the guys build momentum in the game. I yeah. mean, Kerrigan was playing a hell of a game, and they allowed him to stay in the game. It wasn't just, okay, we're putting you in a situational thing on third down and third and long. All right, bye, Ryan. See yeah. you. Go sit down. And that was a big thing. You saw him in there to involve, kind of like a running back being able to build momentum with touches. And right. these guys, and when they needed a blow, that's when they went out. I mean, there were situations where Young was on the, on the sideline, and I'm like, damn, it's third and long. Why is he in there? Well, he's not in there because Sweat and Kerrigan are on fire right now. So, And then he would come in. They were kind of doing line changes. Yeah, absolutely, you know? man. It was I awesome. mean, literally doing line change. And yeah. I think when you have that kind of depth, you have that ability to do that. And I think that's a smart way to do it. I mean, you're, there's not that 
big of a drop off, especially when Ryan Kerrigan doesn't have to play 95% of the snaps. Yeah. And you see him getting just crushed uh, late in the fourth quarter because he's just exhausted. Guy got two sacks. I mean, the team had eight fucking sacks in this game. Hey, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. The defense looked really good. There are still some issues there in the secondary. I mean, Apke took some awful angles. Collins needs to play a full game and be able to actually cover a tight end. The linebackers at times, and they had faster guys in there like Hamilton and Pierre-Louis, who are supposed to be guys that are able to cover. They could not cover a tight end. And I'll be honest with you, Matt. I talked to you and I texted you about it, and we talked about it before the air. I think that the Eagles, to a benefit of us, went away from what they knew at times. And yes, Washington took away the tight end throws to a certain extent, but I don't think Wentz was really going at it like they were in the first half. There were other factors involved, but I think they got away from what they knew. They started to throw the ball further downfield. They were trying to force feed Deshaun Jackson at times, and they were doubling down on him. He was done. Mm -hmm. He kept on popping in from injuries, coming back in. As soon as he came back in, they tried to throw it downfield to him. And instead of going to what they knew, We knew that both these teams weren't going to be able to run the ball. We knew it, and they didn't. And because of what Washington was doing also, we're not able to do what they know. Double tight end sets, get it to your big men, and move forward and and just dump it down the field. Well, I saw Jimmy Moreland's press conference afterwards. He said the reason they were struggling at first because they were doing a lot of two tight end sets, which they didn't expect. Really? mm -hmm, They didn't expect that? I guess not. There wasn't even a close second to them in tight end catches and yardage last year and touchdowns. Well, hey, here's the deal, though. We (laughs) talked about coaching adjustments. Right. And they adjusted. Oh, absolutely. That was night and day from what we've seen the last 10 years, especially on the defensive side. And yeah, you may be right that they were going away from what they did well, but at the same time, there's a good chance that Washington was taking that away because they adjusted their their defense accordingly. And let's not forget, they were collapsing the middle of the pocket. That defensive line was exploding that offensive line every time. I'm shocked that the Washington line was still ears pinned back as far deep into the game because it's not like Washington's offense, even in the second half, they were serviceable, yeah. okay? They had short field situations in which they scored. Thank goodness, based on the defense and what they did. The amount that Washington was on the field defensively, I'm really surprised. I mean, there was just heart going there and just momentum, and they were just and having fun. I really think that that gave them a second burst of energy because these guys were on the field a lot, and that defensive line was working, man. They were oh, yeah. working. And yeah, the Eagles' offensive line was dog shit, not denying that at all. But still, I mean, these guys were working it and they were getting to the quarterback every time and they were having to make pressure moves because the game was in their hands. And you could see that if the defensive line wasn't doing what they needed to do, this could have been a completely different game. Oh, it would have been a completely different game. Yeah. Finally, you see the supposed strength of the team coming out like gangbusters the way that they're supposed to do. They played the way that they were drafted, the way that we expected them to, and they're interchangeable parts. And they're as deep as any defensive line in the league. You know, it's like a hot girl, what you think is a hot girl that has a ton of makeup on, and you hope to God that when she takes it off, she still looks halfway decent. (laughs) Right. Like, (laughs) I mean, that's basically what it is. Like, man, I hope she's not stuffing that brawl. (laughs) And they came out, and they played like, man, she looks good in the morning, too. Yeah. She had a rack on her. Yeah, yeah. Sure. She looked she looked just as good in the morning, if not better. <laughs> well, maybe maybe she went in the bathroom before you woke yeah. up and touched up. That happens. Put too. some foundation on. <laughs> 
No, but the the offense in general still didn't play well. No, not at all. They didn't put any 80-yard drives together. They had short fields. Doug Peterson's a fucking idiot, and he continuously goes on fourth down. Essentially, the defense had four turnovers in the game, which the offense took advantage of. Yeah. I'm really concerned about this offense going forward. Matt, but that's what you have to do, man. I mean, especially in the ineptitude of the offense right now, they still put points on the board when they needed to put points on the board. It's just points off of turnovers is huge, and they did that. Regardless of the short field, I get all that. Considering how inept the offense was, they were still able to compile points. Okay, yes. Was the defense the MVP? If you were to rank the top five, if we did a a top five Friday on (laughs) who was the most valuable in this game, Washington defense would have all five of them. There's no denying that. But at the end of the day, the offense still had to put up points when they got the ball, and they did. So Haskins played like dog shit in the first half, okay? There's no denying that. He pieced it together in the second half. I think they started to relax him a little bit. They started to give him plays where they gave him some rollouts. They gave him some slant patterns where he looked more comfortable. It wasn't gimmicky. They moved Gibson around a little bit to kind of change things up. And it wasn't square peg round hole. I think that was honestly one of the better adjustments that were made during the game to at least alleviate some of the pressure off of the defense. Well, I think the biggest thing, and we talked about this last week as well, Put Haskins in a two-minute offense. Yeah. Did you did you see how much better he was? There's less to think about. There's less movement. You don't allow the defense to change guys out. He is so much better in that situation. It's a double-edged sword, though, Matt. It is. And here's here's the reason. I mean, you look at the the old Saints teams back in the day when they had to score 45 points in order to salvage a game because they would score in a minute mid and a half. Or, you know, Kansas City and teams like that where their defense probably wasn't that bad, but they were just, their offense was scoring so quickly. Now, if you have a defense like Washington does and you have Haskins, which one do you have more confidence in right now, their defense or their offense? Their defense, for sure. But I think that the way that they did it when they ran the hurry up was they were still taking time off the clock and giving the defense a breath. But at the same time, he just looks way more comfortable than huddling up. And he gets to kind of plan out at the line versus, you know, getting That's a play. That's easy to do when you're on the opponent's other half. But when you're running a two-minute offense that you're at your own 20, and you can't throw from here to there without sailing it 10 yards over a guy's head, and you're going to do a quick three and out, I'd rather at least give the defense two minutes to freaking rest instead of 30 seconds. That's where it's a double-edged sword. They were kind of running a hybrid two-minute offense. Instead yeah. of huddling up, going up to the line, and allowing Haskins to, you know, have that 20 seconds at the line and make adjustments that way. And Norv Jr. was talking in his ear. That's beneficial for him, I believe. And I think it's beneficial for a lot of quarterbacks, but him not having to overthink seems to help him. I don't know. He still has a lot to work on. He still sailed a lot of balls. He threw a lot of balls behind receivers. Um, hey, that offensive line on the left-hand side is exactly what we thought they were, too, though. Yeah, but West they, they, Martin, looked, they looked a lot no, better oh, in the second give me half. a break. Okay, it was exactly the same situation with the Wentz in reverse. Now, don't get me wrong, and we talked about this before. Both the defensive lines were going to be the difference in this game and is whether the offensive lines could withstand the pressure or not. Now, in the first half, Wes Martin was on his ass about three-quarters of the half. Yeah, he and, was. And Christian was giving shit up left and right. Now, Haskins on a couple of them, it was his fault. He was pressing up into the pocket and getting himself closed in. 
But damn, man, that happened quite a few times. Literally, Wes Martin went horizontal. (laughs) I mean, he was flown back into Haskins a few times. He actually was the worst offensive lineman on the field. And Christian was better than him. But that left side of the line still has some serious issues. And I think they need to look into if this offensive line is going to sustain itself. And if this offense is going to need to be productive, they really need to look into something on that left side. I agree. So, you know, I wanted to go in some positives real quick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so not a ton of penalties, surprising. Obviously, at the beginning, there were some some unnecessary roughness penalties. What a bullshit call on Apke. It's all the same crap, man. Yeah. Their heads are down. The guy's putting his head down towards the ground, and he's going down with him. Led with his helmet, Noel. He led Can't with his helmet. I mean, it's his head. I mean, he did try to turn. But yeah, you know, yeah it's I don't know. Good. Those plays seem kind of harsh, and and Apke at that point in time was not at his best. Let's put it that way. He was on skates back there. Yeah, but um, but staying with the positive. Go ahead. Staying with the positives. Um, <laughs> but there were none of those like backbreaking defensive holding calls or offensive holding. It was a nice change of pace, especially when you don't have any preseason games and we have no idea. I mean, that that was actually really surprising. So. Showing some discipline, fantastic. And especially when you have an offense like that, if you shoot yourself in the foot, you're going to have some real problems. So they, they really didn't other than that first quarter. It was good that the Eagles weren't getting holding calls because it was stop the momentum of Washington eviscerating this dude. So, yeah, I give credit to the refs not calling every single knickknack that was on the field. And usually at the beginning of seasons, the field is bombarded with flags. They're like trying to instill their new rules or whatever. Exactly. And everything's crap like that. So, yeah, Yeah, I I credit them for that, too. But the fact that they were prepared and didn't shoot themselves in the foot was a huge deal. And yeah, man, shows what kind of team Rivera is running. As I mentioned, the coaching staff adjustments finally you actually saw it. I mean, this is a quality coaching staff, at the very least on the defensive side, and they definitely showed their worth in this game in the second half. Absolutely. Uh, It's as if somebody was looking at the film at halftime and said, A, B, and C on the freaking field. Everybody was where they needed to be. The corners were like, we're done giving shit up big play shit. They were getting on Jackson down the field. They were pressing the receivers. The D-line, they said, hell with it. This is our strength, and we're going to show it. And we're just ears pinned back, go. Everything came into place. Landon Collins started to get himself into holes and started to make plays. They were blitzing Wentz with Bostic a lot of times in the right situations. Everything came into place in the second half. And yes, you're absolutely right. That only comes from having coaches that are knowledgeable and know their freaking craft and know their personnel and what they have the ability to do. And they did that. You know what I think changed everything for them was at that third and 22 when they were playing off the ball. They yeah. they rushed four and they just got held up on the defensive line. After that, they were like, fuck this. Fuck this. Yeah. That will not happen again. And it didn't. You, you could really see that. Yeah. It was like, this is the play right here. This is bullshit. Uh, that negative play was, in my opinion, a huge turning point. And what did we talk about? Getting Wentz down. Yeah. And they did Getting it. Getting Wentz down. Times. And they could have gotten him down more. He's still that, that asshole. How the hell? There was some was like, how there was the a f- couple of plays where he was just, he's a big, strong dude. He just is. And when you're flying around a guy and you grab him by the shoulder, he's going to make plays happen. But he was head on a swivel, man. Oh, yeah. And it was so great to see. And, and I've seen it you, with this guy before. It. I've seen it with this fucking guy before. And yes, with a lot of quarterbacks, but with him. I'm telling you, you put pressure on him up the middle and give him on the sides. He does not feel comfortable. He doesn't. He needs space. 
And that's he had why happy feet back there. And that's absolutely. why absolutely that was not like him overthrowing guys the way no he was. Way. He had his head on a swivel. And you know what's so and we haven't really <laughs> said this. I fucking hate this team, the Eagles. Oh my and that's God. what's so great. I don't <laughs> I mean, we haven't even really gotten to that point yet. No. I fucking hate this team. They're my hate most hated fans. Team. I hate everything about them. And one of my most hated players of all time, and he's moving up the rankings, is Ertz and his stupid fucking wife from the World Cup. I hate both of them. That's the worst athletic couple of all time. And for him, he looked beaten down by the end of the game. Did you see after he dropped that ball over the middle and they showed oh, yeah. him on the freaking bench? He looked beaten down he looked like he had been billy clubbed man <laughs> he looked beat and it, it it was such a great shot of seeing him on the bench he just looked eviscerated because they needed him to block more their offensive line was getting crushed so they were running tight ends that were blocking and he was just getting eaten up he's like all right i got sweat this time all right i got young this time all right i got kerrigan this time and oh my god and that one play that kerrigan had line. where he just fucking bulldoze through three people to get to Wentz. <laughs> Who, Kerrigan? Yeah. Oh, oh my, my God. God. It was so such good. a beast, man. That's how he broke the record, right? Yeah. And hey, you know, I, I always thought that Kerrigan was a little bit overrated, but he showed up today, man. Yeah. He really fucking showed up today. And I've been saying this since the beginning, even if he goes into a role player situation, he is the best thing for that defensive line and to keep that guy with the youngs and the sweats of the world is to keep him in. I mean, he got the game ball today on the defensive side, and he deserved it. He really showed these young guys what to do today by example, too, not just by being like a veteran voice in the room. He's still not an old guy. No, no, I mean, no. I'm not saying know? that. But no, I, I, mean, I know you're not, but I, yeah. that's what I'm saying. But that's kind of like the perception of him. He's yeah. done. And I mean, he was injured last year for the first time in his career, you know, yeah. and he can still play. He's going to be better in a lesser role because Absolutely. he has time to take a breather and kick ass when he's in there. Yeah, he looks excited. This defensive line looks excited. They look and hey, guys, they're going to get their ass handed to him in a few games. There ain't no doubt about it. I mean. They got an Arizona team coming up where Murray's going to be running around like a little chicken with his head cut off. They just beat San Francisco. Shit. Yeah, so <laughs> I don't know. Each game is different, but I'm so freaking happy they beat the Eagles, man. It's just so awesome. I know. And in this fashion, too. But And then, you know, the other thing, the D-line taking advantage of the week in Eagles offense, offensive line, I should say. You know, Chase Young, holy shit, man. Yeah. You want to talk about a monster. He's a real fucking deal. Yeah. And coming out like gangbusters in your first game, yes, a weakened offensive line, but I mean, he has moves on top of moves and he's just huge and strong and he was there a lot. He was he, involved. Every time he was out there. He was involved, man. And that's the key. Even if you are not in the play, he was still making himself involved in the plays. And you always saw 99 somewhere in the trenches there. And um, mm -hmm. whether it was coming off the edge or sliding down the line or whatever it was, it was fun to watch. It really was. It's so funny, you know, when you're watching a game and who sits there and watches the D-line, O-line battles every single time? That's where my focal point was. It had to be, right? It had to be. <laughs> it was so good. It was so great. And you're just watching like, who's going to make the move this time? I know. It, it was like, I'll, I'll meet you at Wentz, you know, and like you're on the other side. And it's just bombardment. It was yeah. so fun to watch. You're like, all right, yeah, good job. You know, you threw the ball down the field or good coverage on that. We were like, damn, you're watching these freaking guys up front and they're just chomping at the bit. Who's going to get the stat this time? Yeah. It was fun, man. Quickly, concerns going forward for me, Haskins. 
He's got to get his shit together. I feel like he wasn't very impressive in this game. He just wasn't. And I don't believe that Eagles defense is that good. They, were, again, had a lot of injuries. And um, he was still having the same issues as, as he was last year, overthrowing guys, throwing behind them. He seemed to be able to recognize plays now. I think they've simplified the offense for him. But like you said before, not so much you know, the gimmicky shit at the beginning of the game. Yeah. And I think that will help him going forward because they're going to see what he does well a little bit better on this film. But at the same time, other teams are going to see it as well. And that's also another concern of mine is that teams are going to have film on this defense and this offense. You know, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. It comes with the territory. We never had expectations of this offense to begin with. Let's not get delusional now. Now, I didn't expect Hassans to come out and not be able to throw from here to there. Yeah. But... Let's not get delusions of grandeur with the defense. Let's not be overcritical of the offense. The offense we knew was going to be shit. And more so, we knew they were going to be behind the curve. It's easy for a defensive end to go down at the quarterback, okay? Now, for this offense who three-quarters of the team has not played together in competitive football, and Haskins has still not played a ton of competitive games, what numbers did he put up? He didn't turn the ball over. If Alex Smith were to put up those same numbers, which he has... Would we be as critical? Well, why is it okay when a quarterback, and yes, I'm not debating that, Haskins has some serious improvements to make, but why are certain quarterbacks it's okay when they quote unquote manage the game, but we're expecting Haskins to put what up, 350 yards? No, I, I, mean, didn't, ex- I didn't expect that in this game, but the first half he looked again no, like abysmal. he never played football before. It was abysmal. He looked, it was a, a rewind of last year when he first came Absolutely. in. Absolutely. But yet, like you said, he didn't turn the ball over. Unfortunately, he's learning a little bit too much from Alex Smith. Is yeah, what it that's looks for like. damn sure. And and you know, you know that's a critical thing. Why didn't they ever go downfield once? I don't know. Take a shot. Was McLaurin getting shut down that badly over the top? Just toss one up and see what happens. If I had to say something, this type of offense, and we talked about this, potentially is going to be predicated on big plays. When you're in a situation where nothing is working, three and outs, take a shot. It ain't killing nothing. Especially when you're down 17 nothing. Right. You know? Take a shot. You got speedy receivers. Throw one down. See what happens. Receivers. Uh, they're speedy, I guess, but that's about it. You know what uh, I mean. You know, they've got good corners over there, but um, I'm, I'm a little concerned about the running game. I'm very concerned about the running game, I should say. Uh, Barber had two touchdowns today. Great, but... He averaged one yard a carry. No, I know. Se- yeah, he had 17 carries, man. I mean, he had that great fourth down. That was a huge play, obviously. Oh, God. Can I say something? And look, I'm trying to stay in a positive mood. We don't know how many of these we're going to get. And especially this against... This may be the only one. Yeah, we don't know how many of these we're going to get. So let's just be positive. It's easier for me to be negative. But give me a fucking break. The fourth down on the three-yard line in inches was a no-fucking-brainer, man. I don't I know, mean, man. Are I you... Was co- thinking, oh, come on! To take the lead when you are when you were down 17 nothing, I was thinking I'd be fine kicking a field goal. You were thinking about kicking a field goal there? Well, number one, it wasn't inches. It was fourth and two. And then they did that pitch-out play, which was very... Oh, man, that play was not safe. But what I'm safe. saying is is that what were you going to lose there? The Eagles weren't doing shit offensively at that point. The defensive line was dominating them. Okay, so you're going to give the Eagles the ball on the three-yard line? Well, no. Either take the lead or you're tied. Normal coaches would usually just take the points there in that situation, in my opinion. They would. A fourth and two? That's like a big move for Rivera to do that. 
That's what's lost him games with the Panthers. That's lost him games. He's talked about it. He's not a chance taker. This Riverboat Ron crap started later on down the road. That's what lost him games early on. To me, with that defense and the way they were playing, and especially with this offense of how shitty they were, to me it was a no bra- an absolute no-brainer, and I'm glad they went for it and it paid off. Well, hail to the... Do we say hail to the... <laughs> I don't even know. Is hail uh, allowed? I don't even know. Uh, hail to the football team. Hey. Hail to the football team. <laughs> hey, man. Cloud nine after the game ended. You know, we can get critical about stuff and we can pick it apart. I'm enjoying this win. We don't know how many of these we're going to get. Got a good chance against Arizona next week, I think. I don't see any reason why not. But this team, let's just calm down. Not expect eight sacks out of the defense every single game. No. and <laughs> But not also not expect this offense to play that badly either. As badly as they did. I think they can get better. And fuck the Eagles. How about that? Yeah, Let's end it no there. Kidding. Fuck the Eagles. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. As always, we're on all major podcast platforms. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you like this show, please share it on social media. Again, please follow us on Instagram, Twitter, the Facebook group, and the website, BeltwaySportsBros.com. That'll do it, and we will see you on Wednesday.